We've been in a series uh, talking about money, what God says about money, what the Bible says about money, and I heard you guys got a good sermon last Sunday. Did you get a good sermon last Sunday? Isn't that something? Let's give it up for Mitchell Grantham. I got to tell you, it's pretty cool when a deacon can step up and preach like that. And uh, I just appreciate him so much and his knowledge of the scriptures. He's a good communicator. And uh, when I leave the pulpit to him, I don't worry. And I went to a great church in, uh, in Sanford, North Carolina. It's a little town outside of Sanford called Broadway. Boy from Goldsboro, you might know him, John Sauls. His wife, Marty, went over there a few years ago, about 13 years ago, and got that church cranking. And uh, they started off with about 30 people. Now they got about 700 people over there. And it was their 17th anniversary, and I got to preach to them. And so let's lift them up. They're about to go to two services, and they need to, because it looked like sardines in there. And uh, they got a nice new building, and uh, God's just really blessing them. Let's pray for They're called Crossroads Ministries, so let's pray for them. We're going to talk about the law of the harvest today. Next, next weekend's the big weekend, guys, where we're going to receive an offering fit for a king. Here's the challenge. God says in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, test me. Test me. Now, now, we're putting the challenge out there like it's, you know, kind of like Whitley Church is putting it out there, Pastor Farrell's putting it out there. Actually, God put it out there about 4,000 years ago. And he said, test me. He said, try me and uh, tithe, give 10% of your income. Some people say, well, you pay it on the gross or the net. Let me just give you this little piece of advice. If you pay it on the gross, if you pay it on the net, that's gross. <laughs> Some of y'all figure that out going home. Um, you probably won't like it <laughs> when you figure it out. But God, I believe God wants you to pay on the gross, and uh, that's what I pay my tithes on. And um, uh, we want you to test him. You, you say, well, man, it's hard. I know it is. We're going to get into that today. We're going to get into today why it's so hard, why it's so hard. And I got to tell you something, man, it's hard for me. It's hard for me. Um, and we're going to talk about that today. But what I want you to do is just one time, just one time, Tithe. See what happens. God said, do it. See what happens. Matter of fact, here's kind of how he said do it. Do it and then just step back and watch me. That's kind of what he said right there. We're so sure of this that if you tithe and it gets you in financial trouble, we'll give you money back. We'll give you money back. You say, oh, yeah, sure, who's going to ask for their money back? I mean, you can do it so privately. You can send me a personal email and say, Pastor, I've got to tell you. Ever since I tithe, man, I've been in, it's been just terrible. It's been terrible. And you got to wait for the crop. You know, when you plant the seed, you got to wait for the crop. So when you plant that seed, just wait, see what God does. If it gets you in financial trouble, you send me a private note, email, feral at whitleychurch.com. I'll put it on Facebook. No, well, that's not true. No, it's not true. By the way, if I'm not your Facebook friend, let's be friends, because that's how we get a lot of our church news out. But you send me a private email, we'll cut you a check. Nobody will ever know the difference. We won't judge you. We won't look down on you. I just am so sure of the promise of God. Not the Whitley Church guarantee, but the Word of God guarantee that we'll give you a refund. You can't beat that deal. You can't beat that deal. So I uh, hope next week, get with your wife, get with your husband, your children, bring them in the den. Everybody get down and pray and say, God, we don't want to do what Pastor Farrell does, says. We don't want to do what some gimmicky deal we, we don't want to get, we, what did you say? What do you want us to do? And then hear him and do what he says. And if you will, we'll take up an offering in this church that will please our king. 
And it will cause us to be able to do some things as it relates to planting churches. Because we're going to plant this church in Smithfield. We've already planted the church in Goldsboro. That is a Thursday night, Saturday night church. I preach at that church too. So if you're going off for the weekend, don't miss church. Just come on out on Thursday night. We're in that little uh, shopping center where Delmas Bridgers Hardware is and bingo. So come on in there. Have church with us on Thursday at 7. Sunday at uh, 6, I mean Saturday evening at 6, not Sunday, Saturday. And we get the same music, same preaching, same kids ministry, and same what? Coffee, exactly. So you guys come on out, check us out at the bridge, and um, you do what God tells you. As a matter of fact, that's what this next verse is going to say. Let's read it. We're going to talk today about the law of the harvest. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. The Bible says, this is Paul talking to the church at Corinth, and he says two words at the beginning of that verse, remember this. Now, how much of the Bible should we try to remember? All. But when he says, I'm about to say something that if you get a hold of it, it's going to change your life, that's what he meant by remember this. Because he said, if you get a hold of what I'm about to say, it's going to turn your life upside down for the good, for the better. It's kind of like when Jesus would say, Verily, verily, I say unto thee. It was kind of like, yo, yo, listen up. Because he's about to say something that's going to change your life. So here is, uh, here's Paul. And he says, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a... Hard to say in it. Let's say, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. Now... That didn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. Let's go to the next sentence. But the one who plants generously will receive a generous crop. Now, here, here's the deal. So I know some of you are struggling. I know you're struggling with this. I know you've kind of struggled through this series. It's all right. It's all right. Don't feel bad. I struggle. I struggle with it. I got a card in the mail and uh, opened up that card. Got it this past week. I don't know who sent it because they didn't sign it. They didn't want any credit for it. Just the nicest card just saying, Pastor, we love you and we appreciate you and appreciate what you do. And there was a $100 bill in there. My first thought, Outback. <laughs> and dessert. <laughs> Amen? I took that $100 bill. I, I mean, I'm just like you guys. I had the $100 bill in my, in my hand. I was going, man, so I can get this, I do that, and I couldn't do that. I'm going to lunch today. And man, because I, I got to spend this before Millie gets it. And, um, <laughs> and God said, I want you to give it to somebody else. And I went, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you read the card? And I went through that struggle. You know, I went through the struggle. Like, this isn't Jesus. <laughs> this is not Jesus. It's not the. I'm just, I'm just being nice. I'm just. <laughs> so I wasn't. And God said, God said, uh, do it now. Because the person he wanted me to give it to was right, right close by. And I walked in there and did it. 
And when I handed it to this person, they said, Pastor, you don't have to do that. I said, I don't worry. I thought like crazy not to do it. (laughs) So I struggle. I struggle, man, with it. And I'll tell you why in just a minute. Let's go on. He goes in verse 7, you must each make up your own mind as to how you should give. Don't give reluctantly. Don't give reluctantly. Now, let me just go ahead and say this, because I, I want to add to the scriptures here just a little bit. We will take it if you give it reluctantly. What he's saying there is, if you want to be blessed, if you want to be blessed, give it with a cheerful heart. Give it with the right attitude. Let's go on and read that. He says, you must make up your own mind and give what you think you should give. Pray about that. And, and a lot of people go, well, I'm so glad that verse is in there. I'm telling you, when you pray about it, he might go above 10. <laughs> I know some of y'all going, oh, okay, I'll, I'll take the 10. So you must, you must each make up your own mind as to how much you should give. Don't give reluctantly and don't give in response to pressure. So if somebody comes to your door, knocks on the door, or they send you one of these letters, there's all kind of guilt and pressure and stuff, and that guy's standing at the door and he's got his foot in the door and he's wanting that donut, and he's just putting the heat on, and he's memorized that speech, and he knows how to make you feel good. You look at him and go, my pastor told me I don't have to give to you when you act like that. Because he says it right there. Don't give in response to pressure. For God loves the person who gives with the right attitude, and that right attitude is cheerfulness. Okay? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, and let's look at this verse. It says, and God is able. Because see, that's why we don't tithe. Because we're not real sure he is able. You believe everything God says? Amen. Yes, I believe everything God says. Well, then you believe that if you tithe, he's going (sighs) to... And God is able to make grace abound to you so that in at times having that you need, you will abound in... I got to tell you something. There's a lot of promises in there with your name on it. This thing of sowing and reaping is a universal law. It isn't just just a money deal. You sow criticism, you won't get it back. And you always sow, you always reap what you sow, you always reap later than you sow, and you always reap more. That's the, mm. And I know some people that can put out some major criticism seeds. If If you sow kindness... You don't reap the same amount you sowed. You reap, I don't know about y'all, but I like me some kindness. I like it. If you sow generosity, generosity's gonna come back to you when you need it, when you need it. Now look, you got it. You can't hurry God up on this stuff because when, when you put the seed in the ground, you don't go back out there the next day and go, come on, take some what? Time. You know, we used to sing a song here. Matter of fact, I, I'm, I'm kind of putting the word out. I want to resurrect this old song. He's an on-time God. Y'all like that song? Oh, pull that bad boy back out and sing that again. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. And, and he will give it to you at the right time, the right amount. He's, he loves you. If you just knew how much he loved you, 
You just understood how much he loved you. If you sow, hey, if you sow energy. I mean, if you go down to the gym, and I've not been led to go there yet. I, I, I haven't found it in the Bible anywhere, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'll tell y'all something. I used to run five miles a day. That is not a lie. Five miles a day, five days a week. And then one day I went, I am not running anymore. This is as far as I'm going to ask my uh, Forrest Gump right there. <laughs> I remember when Forrest was running, one day he just stopped and said, I will not run. And that was the way I was that day. And um, I have not run since. There were a couple people after me one time. I ran then, but I, ne- I don't run any other time. So, so, but the amazing thing about exercise and the amazing thing about going to the gym is that when you finish, and if you're me, you're, you know, I mean, it's, you know. But if you do it consistently, you actually have more energy in the mornings, more energy late in the evenings when you want to go eat that Snickers because you worked out. Am I getting on anybody's case here? I'm sorry. Because right now I'm doing Snickers, but I'm just saying I'm not saying that's right. <laughs> so, so what you sow, you reap. And it's not just in money. It's in energy. When we give our blood, you know, we're partners with the Red Cross here. And, and uh, when you give your blood, if you just wait a little while, it multiplies it right back. Whatever you sow, you reap. Now, listen, let me tell you. Let me just get into this a little bit. Giving, guys, being generous, giving, goes against your nature. There's two things fighting you on giving. It is the system of the world that says, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the lid. That's the world's message. Get it, put it right here, put your arms around it, look around like that, and go. That's what the world says. And the world also says, and your, the system all around you also says, have more than the other guy. But then that's not the only thing fighting you on giving and being generous, but your own human nature. See, when Adam and Eve fell in the Garden of Eden, we received a depraved nature. Hosea says we're bent toward evil. We're not bent toward generosity. We're bent toward stinginess. We're not bent toward giving, we're bent toward getting all you can, can all you get, and sit on the lid. That's what we're bent toward. That's what our nature is. So to be generous, we have to go against the current. We have to go against the system of the world, and we have to go against our own human nature. Listen to me, listen to me. I'm not standing up here holy, holy. I fight it. I fight it. I fight it just like you do. This thing of being generous and what's right and what isn't right. And then God comes along and says, I know what the world's telling you. And he says, I know what your own heart's telling you. He said, but God says, but here's what I'm telling you. God says, I'm telling you, whenever you have a need, just whatever it is you need, give that away. Do do y'all see the oppositeness? The, 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 The message of God is opposite of the world. The message of God is always opposite of your human nature. That's why you war with this. That's why I war with this. 
That's why I struggle with this every time. You know, once in a while, God will just give something to Millie and I. It'll just kind of come out of the blue, and all of a sudden, there's some extra money we had no idea we were going to have. And I'm telling you right now, before we start talking about tithing, we start talking about other ways we're going to use it. We're just like you. I battle with that just like you. Let's talk about this sowing and reaping. Let's look at the farmer. The farmer's got four, the farmer's standing in his barn. He's got four sacks of seed about that high behind him. He doesn't walk to the door of his barn and look out over his barren field and go, why don't I have a crop? That neighbor over there has a crop and that neighbor over there has a crop. Why don't I have a crop? This isn't fair. This isn't right. That would be stupid. That would be foolish. He knows that if he's going to have a crop, he's, listen, he's got to take all he's got. This is all he has. He's got four hungry children and no crop in the field. (laughs) Kenny Rogers. I I thought one time he was singing 400 children and a crop. I thought, man, you ain't going to never feed all them people. You must be running an orphanage. So, it's four hungry children. Hey, y'all know anything about hungry children? You don't care if you get anything to eat or not, do you? You want them to go to bed at night full. My mom and dad uh, could be here this morning. I'm not sure if they're here or not. But um, I've seen my mom and dad early in the ministry. Somebody give us, I remember one time especially, somebody gave us a half a pie. And me and my two brothers were like, yeah. And my mom cut that pie up in three pieces and gave it to, gave it to her boys. Because we want our children to be fed. Now you're that farmer, you're standing there, there's four sacks of seed, and you got 400 children and a crop, not in the field. <laughs> so you're looking at this, these sacks of seed, and you're going, you're going, I gotta feed those kids, I gotta pay my bills, I gotta live in this house and pay for this, I gotta pay for this, pay the farm equipment, pay the, I gotta do all that, and all I have are these four seeds, these four sacks of seeds. Now, I can ration them out a little bit at the time, but one day they'll be all gone, or I can go into that field and I can trust the law of the harvest. So he goes into that field and he plants it. He puts that, he puts that sack He pulls the thing over his head, and he's got the sack of seeds. He's got a stick in his hand. He sticks it in the ground, makes a little hole, drops seeds. Somebody behind him has got a water thing. They water it and cover the seeds up. He moves down, spends all day, several days, planting seeds in the ground. It's all he's got. He doesn't have anything else. But he trusts the law of the harvest. And because he trusts the law of the harvest, now he can feed his family every night. He has enough to sell at the market and he has uh, seeds that he can also put away to replant next year. But it took faith. It was a risk. I mean, you've got this The only way that I'm going to get beyond a few months of feeding my family is I have to take a huge risk and put these in the ground. Is the law of the harvest four sacks of seeds? You plant them, you get four more sacks? No. It's a hundredfold return. 
Sometimes a thousand-fold return on a seed. You put one seed in the ground, you get five ears of corn. And on those ears of corn, there are many, many, many seeds. Sometimes a thousand times what you put in the ground. I'm telling you right now, if farmers did with their seeds what some Christians do with their money, they would starve their families to death. So we got to give it away. I know that's hard, hard for me. So it's not only true about criticism and kindness. It's not only true about seeds, it's true about money. You see, the world out there is going, I know what your preacher's saying, and I know he's saying it's in the Bible, and all that stuff, but I'm telling you, it makes no sense. It's illogical. And then that human nature in you goes, yes! What pastor's saying is not logical. It doesn't make any sense. Ladies and gentlemen, it's God math. It's God math. You know where God math was, was seen? I mean, it was seen all through the Bible. I mean, you find God math everywhere. But I love the story of the little boy that's got the bread and the fish. I love it when people try to help that story. You ever hear people tell that story and they try to help God? Man, he had uh, four, five loaves of bread. I mean, these big old long loaves, you know, going to help God out. Like that helps feeding 15,000. He had to feed 15,000 people that day. The Bible says there was 5,000 men plus women and children. So if you give every man a wife and every man a child, that's 15,000 right there. And how many people in the Bible you know who had just one? Most time they had a litter. So there could have been 20,000, 25,000 there. And Jesus says, don't send them away, we'll feed them. And so they brought the boy's little lunch and he didn't have five loaves of bread and two 10-pound bass. He had five biscuits. And you know what was in there with those biscuits? Study your Bible, study the culture. What they would do is throw a couple little sardines in there to smell up the bread. So there was five loaves of, of or five biscuits and five, uh, two little sardines to smell up the bread and make it have a little flavor. And that little boy took all he had and gave it to Jesus. And that day going home, he was dragging a sack of food. When he got home, his mama said, this is Pharaoh Hardison chapter two, verse eight, this isn't in your Bible. When he got home, his mama said, boy, where did that come from? And he just bent over and said, spank me now, because when I tell you this story, you're gonna think I'm lying. That's God math. That works for you. That doesn't just work for when Jesus was on the earth. That doesn't just work. It works for you. I'm telling you right now, if you go home and go, okay, I'm gonna take what the preacher said, get calculator out. I'm telling you, it don't work, it don't work. I'm telling you now, I know it doesn't work. We're talking God math. We're talking you pay God first, and when you get to the bottom of the line, there's gonna be something there, and you're gonna not gonna know where it came from. I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you. We got some testimonies next week that are gonna be shared in the service. You don't wanna miss them. They're powerful. God said, my ways are not your ways. You say, well, why did God set it up like this? I mean, pastor, you told us if God wanted my money, he could sit the bank over here, reach down there and get the money, put it in his pocket and whistle off. So why does he do this? Why does he, why does he make it the hardest thing? 
Our money, that's the heart. Why does he do that? Because he wants you to be like him. And he is the most generous giver in the universe. For God so loved the world, he, not his money only, not provision, not food, not house, not car, not job, not all the other things you enjoy. He gave you his child. He gave you his child. How many of you would go over there to the nursery right now and bring your child in here and hold it up and say, if this would save the world, you can have it and I'll turn my back on it. That's what he gave. And he says, all, I, all I'm asking from you is 10 cents out of every dollar. And if you give me that 10 cents, it's going to make me feel so good, I'm just going to pour blessings. That's a good deal that's better than Walmart. It's better than the red dot special at Belks. Amen? Yeah, I'm just looking for a deal. I'm just looking. There's no better deal than that one right there. That's the deal of the century. He's not trying to get your money. He's trying to get your heart. He's after you. Because see, here's what he says. He says, I'm a giver. And when you're a giver... You're being like me, and when you're like me, that's when I reward you. I reward my people when they're like me. He wants to develop your character. He wants to make you like him. He wants to teach you to trust him because here's what we do. Here, here's the deal we want to make. We want to say, hey, God, okay, cool. Listen, heard what the pastor said, but have you thought about this? Let me just hear me out. You bless me first. Some of these financial things I've got myself into, you, you, you take care of all that, get all that straight, and when you bless me, then I'm up. I promise I will, I will tithe. You know what God says to that? God says that doesn't take any faith. God said that doesn't take any trust on your part. God said it does not work like that way work that way. He said, that doesn't require you to depend on me. That doesn't require you to have any faith in my promises. As a matter of fact, for you to say that to me is an offense. It's an offense because you're saying that what I'm teaching and what I've told you isn't true. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 9.8. Guys, put that one back up there if you will. 2 Corinthians 9.8. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things and at all times, watch this next one, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Go to Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord. See, you gotta move first. All through the Bible, God says, you go first. All through the Bible, God says, you go first. Y'all remember, how many of y'all remember the old Raiders of the Lost Ark movies? You remember those? Some old people here. Because all the young people are going, what? <laughs> um, you remember that scene, I don't remember which movie it was, but where he, he had to step out on that bridge, but the bridge wasn't there until he stepped out? Y'all remember that scene? It's okay, you're not going to hell because you saw that movie. You can, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> My good health, you see some other ones, but not that one. That one's all right. <laughs> I'm just preaching here. 
Actually, I'm just talking. But you remember, do y'all remember, who remembers that scene? And, and, he, and he was like, and this is the way we are with our tithing. We were like, because there's, but when he, when he went, you know what? And when he stepped out there, that bridge showed up. Guys, I apologize to you, but that's what God said. He said, I want you to do it. I want you to obey me. I want you to step out there, and when you do, the bridge will be there. The blessing will be there. We're over there going, God, you know what? When you, when you, when you, then I, then I, then I, God goes, no, no, no. Look at that verse. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the and see, there's that there to me, that right there is that gross part. The best and first part of how much? Then. Honor the Lord then. Honor the Lord first. Honor the Lord first. Honor the Lord first. Honor, obey the Lord first. Obey him first with the best then. Your barns could, might, possibly. It's a roll of the, roll of the die. No, it isn't. Then your barns, what? Will be full. You say, man, I ain't got no barns. Get one. Oh, you know what, guys? All I can do is tell you what he said. You have to decide. Nobody's going to know what you give next week. I'm not going to know what you give. Staff isn't going to know what you give. A couple of the most um, highly um, guys that are just so high in integrity and honesty and purity of life are going to know, and they're going to post it in the book. Nobody else is going to know. They won't talk to it about talk to anybody about it. I'm telling you right now, this is between you and God. This is between you and God. Look, don't come up to me after service and go, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. Pastor, here's I got here, I can't do it. Here's seven reasons why I don't even. It's not me, guys. It isn't me. It's you and him. Y'all just work that out. And then you walk up here, just like I read in that first scripture, and you do what he says. Just do what he says. The Bible said in that very first verse I read to you at the very beginning, he said, you must each make up your own mind. My job is to tell you what he said and tell you what's going to happen when you do what he said. Then you have to decide. You're going to take the step. And if you do, we will take up an offering in this church fit for a king. And we will plant an awesome church in Smithfield and we will, we will build up the church in Goldsboro and we will, we will beef up our youth ministries and we will beef up our outreach and we will win more and more and more people to Jesus with every penny you give us. I promise you that. That's our pledge. That's our pledge. Father, thank you for the word today. It has pricked my heart. It has challenged my heart. God, don't let us go home and forget this. I pray the men will take up their spiritual leadership role and pray with their families. Those men who aren't saved and the wife's leading spiritually, I pray she will take that mantle even though it wasn't really meant for her. I pray she will take it and lead the children in prayer and say, God, what would you have us do? And then that they would simply obey. 
That's our prayer today. In Jesus' name. I'm going to hang around up here at the front. If you have any questions, you'd like to have prayer, whatever, we'll be right up here at the front. Hey, don't forget to pick up your gift bag back there, the first-time guest. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you for coming, and thank you for letting me preach the truth. <laughs>